Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and good morning. How are you doing today? How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Absolutely fantastic. You got to tell me what this journey's been like for you because you, you're going into areas that we we know about but we don't know about, but you're uncovering things so that we do know more about it. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, man. I mean, when you talk about history, you can get really granular, especially with the technology that we have today to really unearth some of the things that like, you know, we didn't know much about in general. There's things that have been written in books, right? But when you get a chance to take it and animate it with the technology that we have today, it makes for a fascinating journey. And I'm blown away by the special effects in this show. And I'm in it. And I didn't know they were going to do what they were going to do. So please watch, definitely. The show we're talking about is I Was There on History Channel. To, to do what they're doing, I mean, to, to me, this is like, I mean, we, we have become such an addicted society to Google, but you give us that opportunity to get, yeah. a, a, the, to go deeper into the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we got a whole team of researchers, especially committee films, that did a really good job with this. But like folks go into these things you may have heard of called books, and these things called books that have so much detailed information in them that's already been fact-checked, vetted, and all that stuff, Right. And what they do is they go into the, 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 the narratives that have the most human impact. They get granular and craft an actual narrative that you can put actors into and put recree into. And before you know it, you got a living, walking story, hmm. not from the past, but from the present. People always forget the past wasn't the past when it was happening. It was the present <laughs> moment. And I was there really takes you, you see what I'm saying? And I was there takes you into the history as if it was the present moment because that's what it was for the people who lived it. That's so funny that you bring that up because I talk about that a lot on iHeartRadio in the way that um, I, I, I leave what I call breadcrumbs for the future reader or the future listener. Mm-hmm. And and because I, ju- I know that, that my present will soon be somebody's past, but they've got to be able to take it in their mm-hmm. present and grow it forward. Absolutely. And what I like to say is history is this huge reservoir of patterns, man. And these patterns can teach us about the present moment because they keep repeating. As we know, history repeats itself. But when it does, we don't always recognize what was present before. And so I'm interested in history to figure out how to be on the right side of history in the making. And when you go into a show like I Was There, you, you, you get to see it walking and talking and breathing. And I think that's what people are going to take away from it. As well as just, you know, we're in the age of the MCU, man. This is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So people expect you to raise the bar when it comes to the visuals. So this, this has all of it. But it really takes you there so that you get the human experience. 
of what it was like for the people on the ground making it happen. Let's talk about the Hindenburg in the way that, you know, we've seen the movies and we've we've read the articles and stuff like that. But you guys do something on I Was There that, that really kind of sets us inside that moment. Oh, yeah. You see, people often forget that the Hindenburg was this this power symbol, mm-hmm. right, of Germany at the time. It was the status symbol, and it was in that status um, a beacon of luxury, right? It was, it, it, you know, it, it was a hotel in the sky, if you will. And I call it the Air Titanic. I really do, because it was like <laughs> the stories are so completely similar. Hindenburg went up the Air Titanic. And what we really go into is the same thought patterns that made folks think the Titanic was unsinkable were still effect in the Hind- still in effect with the Hindenburg's construction and the way in which people kind of went about taking some very unnecessary risks. And it lets us know how good it is that we've evolved past these things. And so I'm glad airships aren't really a thing anymore. There were some things that were terribly dangerous about them. And we go into all of that stuff. So it's a really great watch. I've seen it and you know, I was floored. Well, see, that that's the reality that, that I'm talking about when it comes to I was there. It, because, I mean, you know, if it wasn't for that yeah. that announcer on the radio bringing in, I mean, talking about it coming down mm-hmm. and crashing and right. stuff like that, would it have been a, a story that we would have never really carried forward? Because mm. it just seems like it's a part of history because the announcer made it so emotional. Would If, if he wouldn't have been there, what would have happened? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, and you know what was interesting because we, we we talk about that radio announcer, and so here's what happened: the Hindenburg also happened to be taking place in a time where camera equipment was more portable, yep. right? And so we hadn't necessarily mastered the ability at that point to put sound recordings in real time with visuals, but since there was somebody there with a camera, and then you have the radio announcer guy that you just mentioned. When they played it in the theaters, they was able to put music behind it, and it really dramatized the emotional impact of what it was like to actually witness what they call, and I think this might actually be true, the first tragedy in American history that everyone saw mm-hmm. was the Hindenburg. Mm. It was the first one that we all actually got to take together at because of how fast film equipment was evolving at, at the moment. And then the radio announcer that you just mentioned really gave it the gravitas that it was like to actually see a tragedy unfold. You know, you've been talking about how history does repeat itself, and now we're, we're talking about Titanic, Hindenburg, okay, portable equipment mm-hmm. to record it. How about, you know, why can't we mm-hmm. say that the, the modern-day Hindenburg, George Floyd? Because mm-hmm. it was caught I mean, listen, on film. It was caught on film, and it was ca- and it was like one thing to hear about a guy that died. Yeah. It's a different thing to see the guy actually die, right? And so I think that what ended up going on right there was it ignited the consciousness of America in a way that saw the humanity of this guy and killed in such an inhumane way. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I mean, you know, we've been telling folks that this has been going on for quite some time, but actually see it happen. The callous nature of it, you know, really put a microscope on something. And plus it happened during the pandemic. So everybody had been locked in their houses. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you got to keep that in mind, too. The reason why it hit so hard is because we were under quarantine and it just exploded because I said the riots are a little different when people don't have somewhere to be in the morning. You know what I mean? And so it really took off. And it's one of those things that to actually see something unfold 
really gets people going in a different way. So I think that that is a pretty apropos comparison. The show we're talking about is I Was There on History. You guys dive into the Chernobyl accident. There's a lot of people that have forgotten Mm -hmm. about that. I mean, sure, it was an HBO special, blah, 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 blah. But you really go in deep on this one. We do. And the Chernobyl incident is so wild because it was revealing of a patternistic thought, uh, should we say, culture in the Soviet Union Mm -hmm. that didn't learn from its prior mistakes. And so I don't want to give away too much, but there were some things at play in Russia that should have warned them that this was about to happen. And we really dive deep into that. And there were multiple warnings along the way. And so when you see how devastating it was going to be, because if, there, because if Chernobyl's actual uh, three re- remaining reactors exploded, you wouldn't have have, have like habilit- I don't know what the word is, but Europe would be uninhabitable even today and mm-hmm. going on to the next 20,000 years. So these guys literally saved the world, mm-hmm. okay? And they saved the world because they were forced to do so because their government didn't realize how dangerous the construction of the very building was. And so you start to think, what else is like that out here? How can I learn from it? What can I do to carry the lessons of Chernobyl forward? What can we do to improve upon that kind of engineering? And so, yeah. And the the, the graphics in that one are incredible. I think I think um, Chernobyl comes out on the twenty eighth, yeah, February. Yeah, and and once again, like you said, it, it, we what did we learn from it? How do we grow from it? Um, they had to have used some of those lessons when when that uh, reactor uh, was was involved in the, in that earthquake in Japan, because I mean that became a serious hot spot as well. Fukushima, absolutely. Um, Fukushima is mentioned in that episode. And so uh, we might even do one, if we get blessed for the second season, we might do one around that. Um, You know, it's like human beings are playing with some powers that maybe we're not quite ready for yet, but how do we get ready? Unfortunately, we're having to learn from our mistakes the hard way, but we're learning, and that's the good part. And with the help of History Channel, we get to learn in a way that's engaging. The 1965 Bloody Sunday. This is something that I think oh, is yeah. going to create some serious conversation. And it's in, and not only are they going to turn it into these influencers getting it on the web, but boy, I'll tell you what, at home and behind these walls, we're going to be talking about it. Man, listen, Bloody Sunday, uh, that was a really great episode to film. Um, Maya Washington was the director. She's an African-American woman, and she really took great detail to tell the story as accurately as she could. Um, uh, the guy who played John Lewis, Antonio, is incredible. Like, Antonio was an incredible actor. He can act with his eyes. He's so, he, he, he's so intense on screen. But there's things about Bloody Sunday that folks don't understand. And, like, one of the things that really stuck out to me was the fact that, like, it wasn't just the police that were against the protesters in, uh, in, 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 in Selma. Mm-hmm. It was average folks and Klansmen that were deputized. Imagine this, like you, the Ku Klux Klan was deputized to be law enforcement that day against these peaceful protesters. So that elucidates a culture that was super threatened by the very idea of equality. 
And you wonder, like, how those things are still showing up today. And maybe if somebody has that mindset and if they watch our episode, Did Trouble in Selma, like, they can see themselves and how that's not necessarily the most productive path to take and wonder, you know, what it is that they can do to probably be different because there's no question now that the civil rights movement was morally on the right side of, of history, but there was back then, and that's what's so interesting about that episode. Wouldn't you say that I Was There is the new age of journalism? It's, it's taking a story and still giving us the inside scoop of what journalists are all about. They, they know how to keep pushing forward to get what they're looking for. Absolutely. And I think what's so interesting and what, what makes I Was There so special is, and this is how I describe this, this, uh, the show, it's the historical events you think you know yeah. from an angle that we know that you don't. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to creating it from an actual visceral, physical perspective, you know, um, it has a different emotional impact, man. It just hits differently. And I was there is the kind of thing that uh, we, we, we hope will kind of inspire folks to really start thinking of the history that we know, not as history, but as the present moment that unfolded before this one. When you, when so you, we get to take that. Yeah. When, when you ahead. see these episodes coming to life, because you, you go in there during post-production and stuff like that, do you feel like you're in the situation room in the White House in the way that there's, there's so much emotion and things taking place? I mean, it's like you're seeing it before the rest of the world, Theo. Yeah, and... I'm telling you, the the real emotion oftentimes is filming it. Um, you know, when you take like filming Bloody Sunday, you know, we have to have like entire sessions beforehand that really brief us for the emotional impact of what we're about to create. So even before you get into the uh, editing room, when you're on set seriously making this stuff happen, you know, you kind of get a sense of how intense that it was. And you know, we really love the fact that we have the latitude to do this now and to tell this kind of story because history and times have changed to the point where mm -hmm. it's palatable now. So, yeah, it's a very, very impactful thing to experience. Yeah, And listeners need to understand that, you know, it's, it's so easy to go back and rewrite the story. And that's not what you guys are doing, because people say, I want, I want to go back in my past. I want to change things. You guys are not doing that at all. No, and you do disservice. You do a disservice to people when you do. Right. You know what I mean? Because history, and especially American history, just has unsavory parts to it. And now that we have our modern understanding, we can look back and see how stark those injustices were. But the temptation is to go back and try to make it more palatable. But I think the path to growth is to keep it 100% honest mm -hmm. about what it was. Because, because when you do that, you become stronger. And you also keep the lesson emotionally charged within your being with the passion to change things if the pattern emerges again. And so we don't rewrite anything. We do our best to, to show exactly how it was so that people understand how far we've come. Oh, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Please come back to this show anytime in the future, Theo. The door is always going to be open for you. Man, I appreciate you having me on today. Thank well, you very much. You be brilliant, all right? Yes, sir. You as well. Thanks, Mr. Cole.